and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash What is going on, guys? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Fistful Cash Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dale Lippin. And here kicking it solo tonight, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. If I sound like I got a little touch of that itis, it's because my belly is filled to maximum capacity with premium bison burger brought to you, or rather brought to me, by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is a low food miles, no antibiotic, no hormone, just as good as the day the good Lord made it. Meat, uh, two table subscription service. It gets no better than this, guys. You go on their website, you can do an a la carte box where you pick what you want, and then they got pre planned pre-picked boxes as well that's bringing you nothing but premium cuts of meat if you want if you if you just want to take even more of the thought out of this right you go and you pick the box and then you just put the frequency in which you want to receive it and you are good to go it arrives ice cold frozen ready i mean it's just perfect man i got a meat uh freezer just absolutely filled to capacity with just premium just the most delicious well-cut awesome looking meat that you've ever seen it's fantastic can't recommend them enough stayclassymeats.com use promo code fist f-i-s-t for 10 percent off and that's 10 percent off a one-time order or if you set up the subscription which you can choose the frequency in which that gets filled if you use promo code fist it's 10 percent off every single time you get that fulfilled so it's an absolutely rock-solid deal, hard to beat, hard to top, uh, and I'm putting Stay Classy Meats up against any of these other guys that are claiming they're doing the types of things that they're doing. All their food is high, you know, it's, it's going to have high food miles on it. It's, you don't know how many people are touching it. You don't know where it's coming from. Stay Classy Meats, based out of Montana, everything comes right in-house. Absolutely fantastic. Stay Classy Meats, promo code FIST, 10% off. That's promo code FIST, F-I-S-T. 10% off. Can't recommend them enough. But all right, enough of the ads. Let's get after it. We have got a huge card this weekend. UFC on ESPN Plus taking place in Ottawa. So the UFC making the, the return up north again. Main event is Al Iaquinta versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Got to love that. Anytime Cowboy comes, he comes to fight. So you got to be excited every time you see him. And it's a pretty good card. Top to bottom, pretty good card. Not going to complain about any of the fights on here. Uh, you know, they're doing a pretty good job. The prelims, I guess you would say, you know, could use a little bit of work. But you got to re- you you have some veteran leadership on there. you got some up-and-comers. You know, Mitch Gagnon's coming back. I think he's been away for like two-plus years. Uh, you got some heavyweight action in Juan Adams and Arjan Buhler. That's going to be pretty good. Uh, Nordine Talib's getting a last-second replacement against a Kyle uh, Prepolek. So, you know, 
Nordin Talib, in my opinion, has looked absolutely fantastic lately, and he is an absolute killer, and it's going to be a hometown fight for him. Uh, I feel bad as for this Prepolet kid, but maybe he's pretty good. I don't know. Not a whole lot of info on him out there. You know, he's 12-5. and Nordin Talib's 14-6. and six, but, uh, You know, and this uh, Prepolet kid's coming off of a submission loss in Bellator to a Jason Fisher. So he's got losses to lower-level competition, and he's getting a big step up in Nordin Tlaib, especially on short notice. But maybe, you know, sometimes we see those short-notice things pan out, and they do pretty well because people can't prepare for anything. So you're able to capture lightning in a bottle. All that to say, though, we do have a pretty decent card top to bottom as far as the main card goes and we've got great boxing this weekend and we got the kentucky derby this weekend so we will be putting our kentucky derby plays for our patreon customers so if you are not supporting us on patreon please do so if you feel so inclined go to patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash 10 bucks a month can get you five additional picks each and every weekend it comes out to less than 50 cents a pick it's hard to beat uh but anyway if you don't follow us on there you're going to miss out on the kentucky derby picks and then we've got Danny Jacobs versus Canelo Alvarez this weekend, like I said, as well. So we're pretty excited about that. Going to be taking Danny Jacobs here. Uh, was going to touch on that last, but I'm going to touch on it first. Uh, we're going to take Danny Jacobs in this fight. Look, Danny Jacobs is uh, way bigger than Canelo Alvarez, and so much so that Canelo is so worried that he's got rehydration limits in place that Danny Jacobs cannot uh, weigh more than so much on a second way in the day of the fight because he's worried about Danny Jacobs rehydrating up. I think that Danny Jacobs hits too hard for Canelo. Um, you know, and people said that a lot about Triple G, but I don't think Triple G fought Triple the, the way we anticipate him fighting most times. So I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't wild about the, uh, I, I wasn't wild about that fight. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I had it, I had a Triple G both ways. So, all that to say, uh, not necessarily a Canelo hater. Absolutely, like I like the guy. I like how frequently he fights. Love to see a marquee guy that fights as frequently as Canelo does. However, I think Danny Jacobs is going to be too big for him. Uh, coming at plus three fifty, I think there's insane value there. Uh, just going to take Danny Jacobs outright at plus three fifty. Don't like the over under on rounds, which is coming in at ten. Um, I just I don't necessarily see the value in that. Don't don't necessarily believe that Danny Jacobs is going to get. Um, is going to get Canelo out of there, and I'm not sold on the smaller guy knocking out the bigger guy and Canelo taking out Danny Jacobs. So I think uh, I think the play uh, is coming in at Danny Jacobs at plus 350. So I like that. But let's get into UFC Ottawa now that we've you know hit hit you with that first fight on the main card. Mark Andre Barut Barriot. Okay, I'm not good with these uh, French Canadian names, so we'll just go with Mark Andre taking on. Excuse me, I did not bring a drink up. What a rookie mistake that was. Taking on Andrew Sanchez. Uh, Barry Oates coming in at 11-1. Andrew Sanchez is at 10-4. I like Andrew Sanchez a lot, man. Uh, he's got great wrestling pedigree. Uh, always comes to fight. His, his hands have been improving steadily. Uh, and he you know, looked really good against Marcus Perez. So the, the only thing that I'm really concerned about is that Andrew Sanchez can be knocked out. Was knocked out in the Ultimate Fire 26 finale. Uh, Ryan James, and then was knocked out by uh, Anthony Smith by a knee. So it seems to be that if Andrew Sanchez wins his fight, especially UFC-related, he's done so in unanimous decision, uh, has yet to receive or record a finish inside the octagon. Very wrestle-heavy approach, but that that creates problems for people. Um, 
you know, as far as Mark Andre Burial is concerned, not a whole lot of info on them or outside of his record. Uh, and looking at this, you know, looking at the sports book here. Let me pull this these lines back up. Yeah, I navigated away from that. Andrew Sanchez coming in at a pretty sizable favorite, minus one sixty five versus Mark Andre Burial coming back at plus one thirty five. I think Sanchez is a safe play here. I also think there's decent value. Uh, Adam still at minus 165. Be anxious to see what the over-under on rounds is on this. More than likely, this is going to be a fight that goes to decision. So I would imagine that the over, uh, it's going to be sitting at 2.5, and, and the over 2.5 is going to be uh, pretty substantial. I would probably anticipate seeing it somewhere around minus 150, uh, in which case you might be able to make some value on that as well. Uh, depending on, you know, if anybody has any inside information on Mark Andre Berrio, I, I'd love to hear it if you have it. Uh, I just don't have any, uh, I don't have it, and there's just not a whole lot of information on the guy out there uh, as far as marquee wins and, and strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. But we do have uh, a little bit more information on the next guy. He's got another heavyweight matchup. We've got Walt Harris taking on Sergey Spitvak. Uh, Sergey's coming in at 9-0 and to Walt Harris's 12-7. and 12 and 7. Now, Sergey Spivak's got one of the better names in the heavyweight division. He is the polar bear which uh, I'm a big fan, big fan of that. But Walt Harris has looked good as of late, um, really seems to be coming into his own as far as the striking's concerned, as far as footwork goes. Uh, got this thing with USADA cleaned up, you know, with the tainted supplement. Looks like he's going to be going after them as far as, uh, um, as far as suing the supplement company. So good for him. Coming off a split decision win against Andre Arlovsky uh, back in December, which is good. And then he also knocked out Daniel Spitz, uh, back in June of last year. So we'd love to see him fight more frequently. However, like I said, the USADA thing sort of tied him up. Um, prior to that, lost the, a disqualification to Mark Godbeer and then got submitted by Fabricio Verdum last minute, uh, and that was in October of 2017. He's making the, the, the requisite adjustments as far as what he's doing inside the octagon. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, But just 12-7, and seven, I, th I think that's just more of a reflection of how tough it is to be a heavyweight in the UFC. Um, with that being said, I think I'm not necessarily sold on Sergey Spivak being ready for that yet. Um, now maybe he is, maybe he comes in and he takes the world by storm. Um, it, I'd be interested. I'm going to be interested to see what he does uh, that Walt Harris may or may not be ready for Walt Harris coming in at minus minus one seventy, and Spivak's coming in at plus one forty. Truth be told, I'd probably just avoid this fight, uh, just be based off of the inconsistency of Harris and the lack of information on Spivak, uh, and and that and you just don't know how a guy's going to look on his first time in the octagon, especially a big heavyweight. Uh, he could come out there. Walt Harris could use his footwork, and there could be a huge adrenaline dump situation, and Spivak looks like dog crap, and then he eventually gets beat up. So you just never know. Uh, truth be told, I'd probably just avoid this fight unless you've got it, uh, unless you want to throw one of these guys in on a parlay. For the sake of taking a pick, I'll go with the Octagon experience and take Walt Harris here, but I'm not sold on it either way and would not blame anybody for just downright uh, ignoring it. Next up, we got Marab Divalshavili versus Brad Katona. Uh, and Katona's looked really good, man. 8-0, and um, and he looked really good against Matthew Lopez on the Holloway versus Ortega card where he beat up Lopez bad, 30-27 on one of the cards. I had it 30-27 the whole way through. I don't know what round 
people gave to Lopez, but I had him just absolutely beating the hell out of him. Uh, Davish Philly looks has looked good. Uh, he, you know, he had that he had that weird little, um, you know, that weird finish where it was like Ricky Simone was sort of like choking him out, punching him. He looked like he was going out, and they just put it as a TKO. Uh, they didn't even really list it at what it was. He went out. The ref stopped it. Immediately popped up, contested. It was like right at the right at the buzzer. It's very strange. Uh, but on the flip side of that, he comes out, you know, and he fights Terry and Ware after that, and puts and, and hangs thirty twenty five scores on him, unanimous thirty twenty fives. That's a lot of ten eight rounds. Um, you know, he is capable of really taking it to people when he wants to. Uh, you know. I hate I hate to think that that he's going to do do the same here to Katana or Katona rather, I, and I think Katona is going to continue that that undefeated streak. Eight no, Davish Philly is coming in at eight and four. Katona's at plus one thirty five, and I think that's going to be the first dog I take of the night. Uh, I, I like him. He seems game. He seems ready to rumble. Uh, you know, Davish Philly could come out and put on that wrestle heavy attack, but I think Katona is going to be pretty ready for it. So. I, I think he's a game underdog at plus 135. That'll be the first play I'm making there. Now, the next fight, full disclosure. I, you know, Soup and I have gone back and forth on this to no end, and it's Shane Burgos taking on Cub Swanson. I, I have a hard time one with, with this guy's full disclosure. Cub Swanson is one of my favorite fighters of all time. It is hard for me to step back and look at this objectively and say, do I think... Uh, one thing or the other is going to happen. I will say this, that when this fight was announced, and I even said it on the show, that I think that Burgos is a bad matchup for Cub. He's big, he's got a great chin, and he's evolving. He's 11-1, and one. Swanson obviously 25-10, and 10, um, and Burgos is going to be looking to make a name for himself, 5-11. And, you know, here's the thing about Burgos is he's got submission wins on his record, uh, you know, submitted Kurt Hollibaugh, which is no easy task. Uh, and Cub, you know, obviously really struggles with things in the submission department. Um, I worry about Cub's chin. Um, in the Moicano fight, it was a jab that dropped him right there in the first round. Um, that's that's upsetting. Um, you know, the, the jab just absolutely stunned him, absolutely dropped him. You know, Cub's lost three in a row, lost to Moicano, lost to Frankie Edgar, lost to Brian Ortega. But those are that's a murderer's row. You know, it's a really a murderer's row. Prior to that, won four in a row against Artem Lobov, Duho Choi, uh, Tatsuya Kawajira, and um, who was the other dude, the Brazilian, Hacker Diaz. So he beats guys that are on Shane Burgos's level. Um, but again, you know, prior to that, loses two in a row to Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar. He seems to beat the... Uh, the mid-level guys that he needs to, um, and he really loses those elite-level fights. So then the question then becomes, is he is Burgos going to be an elite-level fighter in the featherweight division? And I think he probably could be. I mean, he really do. Um, he's a really, really competitive, really tough dude. Uh, lost by TKO to Calvin Cutter. Um, but outside of that, you know, he's looked fantastic. Um, you know, beat Tiago Trader, beat Charles Rosa, beat Godofredo Pepe. Um, and then beat Kurt Hollibaugh, like I said. So these guys are not quite the level of guys that Cub has beat, but when he does so, he does so in convincing fashion. Um, you know, Cubs 
hasn't had a finish in six years, which seems ridiculous for a guy that hits as hard as Cub, but maybe he doesn't hit as hard anymore. I, I don't know, man. I have a hard time with it. Um, you know, Cub's coming in at plus 140. Me, personally, I'm probably going to play Cub just because that's my dude. Uh, however, trying to give you guys the best analysis that I possibly can when it comes to this stuff, I think this is a bad matchup for Cub Swanson. Uh, Burgos at minus 170. I don't know if he's out of out you know, outpriced at that, at that number. Maybe if you can get him a little bit lower, uh, personally though, just for the gameness and the fact that I, it's hard for me to imagine a world where Cub drops four in a row. I'm going with plus, I'm going, I'm taking him at plus 140. But again, this is a very biased review of this fight. This is a very biased opinion. So take that, take that play with me playing Cub at plus 140, uh, with, you know, the utmost, uh, grain of you know salt that you can or grain of sand or whatever it is that people say the the smart play here is Burgos um, and I think the over at whatever it comes at is probably going to be the smart play as well uh, so just because I don't think Cub's going to finish him and I don't necessarily know that Burgos is going to finish Cub either because Cub as long as long as it stays as long as it stays standing Shit, I don't know, man. I just talked myself out of that, too. I don't know. I'd avoid this fight if you can. Just go with that. Avoid it. If you can afford to avoid it, you should probably avoid it. I'll be taking Cub plus 140. The smart play is Burgos at minus 170. If that's not overpriced for you or outpriced for you. Co-main event. Derek Brunson versus Elias Theodoro. This is... I don't want to say hammer this line. I'm not going to say this is going to be a max bet situation, but I really like Elias Theodoro in this fight. Um... Derek Brunson does not have a gas tank. Elias Theodoro does have a gas tank, and he's got a great one at that, and he is known for making people fight ugly, stupid, boring fights. I hate the fact they're putting this at the co-main event. I think they could have done better than this as far as who was available for this date. However, Derek Brunson versus Elias Theodoro. Middleweight matchup. Both these guys coming in at minus 115. It's a pick em. Um, I think Theodoro is a great value here. Minus 115. Uh, and, you know, like I said, Derek Brunson... Doesn't have a great gas tank. Chin looks suspect against uh, Israel Adesanya. You know, Brunson's either looked great or he's looked terrible. And he has that weird bull rush chin first style. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of him as far as, you know, that fighting style goes. I think he beats most mid to lower tier middleweights. Uh, definitely think that he is entrenched in gatekeeper status. I don't think we ever see Derek Brunson challenge for a belt. Uh, you know, and that's not knocking the guy. There's plenty of guys that come out here and have successful careers and never challenge for a belt or never win a belt. Uh, you know, look at light current interim lightweight champ Dustin Poirier. He looked like that guy for the longest time, uh, but then he went out there and put on the the performance of a lifetime. So good on him. But anyway, Elias Theodoro minus one fifteen. I think that's a great steal. I'm going to play this fight rather heavy on the Elias Theodoro side. Um, conversely, if you're playing Derek Brunson. There's a couple things that, you know, Derek Brunson does really well that are going to give Elias Theodoro trouble. Uh, namely, the fact that he has got great, you know, he's got knockout power. Uh, knocked out Machida, knocked out Dan Kelly, you know, uh, knocked out Uriah Hall, knocked out Ron Carnero, rock, knocked out Sam Alvey, knocked out Ed Herman. I mean, the list goes on. However, uh, you know, the thing with uh, Mr. Brunson here is that 
when the spotlight goes up and he's got these uh these marquee matchups, main co-main events kind of deal, he tends to lose. So, you know, the, the Adesanya fight, lots of hype leading up into that and got knocked out. Uh, they gave him a main event slot against Jacare, knocked out. Gave him a great spot against Anderson Silva, lost a unanimous decision. Although some people thought that, you know, uh, he, he that fight was a lot more competitive than people said. I don't know. They put him in a main event spot against Robert Whitaker, got knocked out. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things, you know, where he gets in the, he gets in the, the marquee spots and he, he does not rise to the occasion. The bright lights seem to take the best of him. And Elias Theodoro is sitting at 16-2. and two, And like I said, he has that funky weird kick heavy style that tends to drive people nuts you know he he fights with his his mouthpiece at the front of his mouth he's god is he boring um but he finds ways to win fights and he does it by decision he will decision you into oblivion i got to imagine the over under on this uh is going to come in at two and a half all the same elias theodoro uh, is the play here, minus 115, and I think that's the line to pound pretty heavy. Bringing us to the co-main event, Raging Ally, Quinta 14-4-1, taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone, coming in at 35-11. and 11. Cowboy, for the first time ever, said that the belt is actually very, very important to him, says he wants it, says he wants it bad, and he wants to do it at 155. So he was saw, seeing great success at 170, but he wants to come back down to 155 and get it done. I think Ally Quinta is a good matchup for him to get that done. Um I've been doubting Cerrone a lot lately, but I also doubt Al Iaquinta a lot as well. Um, looking at this with Iaquinta coming in at minus 125 and Cerrone at minus 105, I'm I'm hard-pressed to see where Al wins this fight. Um, I don't think his wrestling is elite-level wrestling, so I think that Cowboy's submission game um, really adds up. I don't think that Al's striking is going to be enough as far as kicks and body work goes to really punish Cowboy. Um, and he doesn't have one-punch knockout power, and Cowboy is notoriously durable. What he does have is a relentless pressure. He seems to get stronger as the fight goes on, and he has no quit in him, which is great um, because Cerrone is wired much the same way. However, he struggles against pressure, but everybody knows at this point that the formula to Cowboys, pressure, pressure, pressure. Um, but if Al's coming in and he's pressuring, what's he pressuring with? He's not pressuring with knockout power, and he's going to have a hard time pressuring with wrestling because Cerrone's got great submissions. So I think at minus 105, I think Cerrone's the play here. Now, Iaquinta's got a lot of momentum going his way. At minus 125, you could do much worse, but this fight is very, very even. I think Cowboys competitively priced here at minus 105. That's going to be my play. I think that's where the money's at. Uh, but you could do worse if you think Iaquint is going to win this bad boy. Minus 125, you're getting him for a great price. Absolutely great price at minus 125 if you think that's the way it's going to go. However, I will be playing Cowboy coming in at minus 105. I'll be playing Brunson at minus, or I'm sorry, Theodoro at minus 115. Personal pick here, Cub Swanson plus 140. Rakatona at plus 135. Avoiding Walt Harris and Sergey Spivak. Probably going to take Harris there. Maybe throw him on a parlay with Andrew Sanchez. So that's a 170 and a 160 coming together. There will be some plays on the prelim cards. Those will be on the Instagram page as always. If you don't follow us on Instagram, please do so. All, the full card be, is available the day of the event. 
Uh, we're also going to take Danny Jacobs at plus 350. So a lot of good opportunities to make some money this weekend. And I hope you guys do that. As over-unders on rounds come out and prop plays within, we'll add some of those to the Instagram post as well. So feel free to check those out. I want to give another quick shout out to our show sponsor, Saving Grace Oil. Go to Saving Grace Oil. Use promo code CASH20 and get 20% off your entire order of full-spectrum CBD and hemp products. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, they're doing big things uh, in the world of medicine and you know making or making sure that people get healed, not high, which is great. Uh, absolutely love it. Have to take uh, regular urinalysis tests for my job, and I have yet to fail one. So fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that kind of good stuff, man. Where everything's great. Um, big numbers last week. Just to go over these real quick with you guys, we did fantastic. Uh, beat our you know our average number of downloads. Super pumped up about that. Uh, let's see. Well, let me go to locations here for our last last. We had downloads in 10 countries, the U.S., Canada, Australia, the U.K., Spain, Germany, Ireland, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, and New Zealand. 106 cities total, but coming off on the top 10, we got Honolulu, Toronto, uh, Newark, New Jersey, and let's see here, Belgrade, Montana, Newport Beach, California, Chatham, Ontario, Canada, Oceanside, California, Las Vegas, Nevada, Atlanta, Georgia, and Columbia, Maryland. Appreciate you guys. Uh, again, take advantage of all of our sponsors. Really helps the show out. Uh, stayclassymeats.com, promo code FIST for 10%, and savinggraceoil.com, cash 20 for 20% off. So feel free to check those things out. Appreciate you guys, your support. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, shoot us an email, fistfulofcashpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. I'd uh, love to talk to you guys on there. Always appreciate when we get fan mail uh, or just people that just have something to say about the show. Love to engage you guys and talk uh, and just chop it up about MMA. Really appreciate it. But that's it, guys. Short, sweet, under 30 minutes. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. UFC 237 taking place in Brazil. Going to be a great card. Uh, We'll talk to you guys then. See you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.